All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of your favorite paranormal, out-of-this-world, extraordinary, you know, podcast with some of the most handsome individuals that ever walked on this earth. You know what I mean? They're Don Juan material. You know what I mean? Saturday Night Fever, staying alive. When they walk down the street, you just hear that beat in your head. You know, it's you got the that Michael Jackson stepping on the the, the sidewalk effect sometimes when it lights up when we walk. You know, we don't want to be too vain. You know, we're very humble here at the Mostly Ghostly Show. But we're very happy to be back with you. It's a blessing to be in your ear holes this evening. And uh, we always appreciate that. So today, you know, we're going to rock and roll a little bit into uh, quite possibly, no, one of the creepiest things around. You know, uh, there's been many movies made about this, folklore, yeah, gather around the campfire as I tell you a tale, stories of things like this, Twilight, episode, Twilight Zone episodes for crying out loud, Tales from the Crypt episodes, The Outer Limits probably got some in there as well. I know Monsters probably got some creeping in there. Uh Chucky, Dolly Dearest, Annabelle, uh, Dead Silence, um, you know, there's just so many, uh, the list goes on and on and on, um, but creepy dolls, you know what I mean, you've got some creepy horrific dolls, Ray, now this was one that Ray brought up, and it's one of those no-brainers, you know what I mean, where it's like, what spooks the people out, especially in a, especially in a, a time of spooking, like October, you know what I mean? Um, is there any certain reason why you picked this theme, Ray, or just kind of thought it was something spooky to get into? Well, I've always found dolls interesting. Uh, you can go anything from, uh, if you're going to curse somebody in voodoo, you make a doll. Yeah. The, countless, the countless movies and shows, some of which I've seen, uh, I've always been most, actually what I've been mostly fascinated because they don't bother me is how creeped out people get over dolls. Yeah. Some of them is just like, no, 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 no. If I'm watching something paranormal and they're going to investigate this person that collects dolls or a doll museum or, you know, if I go to talk to somebody about it, they're like, no, 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 I don't even want to hear it. Yeah. No, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. And it just creeped out by dolls so much. So I figured, okay, let's let's take a dive into why they might be creeped out or if there's anything behind them. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. You know, as far as I don't know what it is, if it's something from childhood, you know, just being laying in your bed at night and you see over in the corner of the rooms in the deepest, darkest shadows, you see, you know, a Raggedy Ann doll or a teddy bear that, you know, a few moments ago it looked like its head was looking the different direction, you know what I mean? And then you get completely, you know, tapped out and horrified by uh, such things, you know what I mean? Well, dolls are separate little entities. They're like little people hanging around. Yeah. Uh, number one, they, they quite often look like they're dead because they're not animated. So you've got dead hanging around. And then you've got the kids who talk to them, interact with them. So it's kind of like uh, their own little personalities. Giving them power a little bit, too. Giving them power. There's a whole mix in there that says, oh, this is interesting. Got to check this out more. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely one of those things, you know, the, the far back you go, the creepier they look. You know, people often say when they find the dead body, they say it's doll-like. Because like you were saying, it just, it's that, it's the human form. It's just not motionless, you know what I mean? Um, very, very horrifying. Yeah, I remember like back in the day, I remember we had, across from my room, we had a closet. Uh, up in that closet where the towels were folded, I used to, my mind would play tricks on me. And I would always think that I would see, you know, dolls up in there kind of moving around and doing all types of wild and crazy shtick. You know what I mean? Well, I think that uh, also, I mean, dolls are right up there with clowns. Yeah. Those, those things that uh, I don't understand why people are afraid of, but they are. Well, the clown, um, the clown's creepy, of course, I think, because of the, the, the painted on smile. I think for the big smile, the big bombastic, larger than life appearance of the clown, the so out of the norm of the clown, because even as a kid, you're going... Okay, I see everybody in their track suits and their suits and their, you know, whatever they're wearing, their regular casual jeans and a shirt. And then all of a sudden there's this live, real-life cartoon character right in front of me. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think adults don't like them because of this, the thing that they know that that makeup, the darkness of it, uh, you know, clown. He, he, you want to give somebody a hard time, we call him a clown clowns kind of get shattered on a little bit you know what i mean in, sh- in society and uh they still paint that smiley face over the sad face and i think the psychoticness of that um and the fact they only work for hamburgers and fucking candy corn i think is also a problem why people think they're a little crazy you know what i mean um a good, I have a good doll story. Uh, like Raggedy Ann, I believe the Anna, Annabelle doll looks like is a Raggedy Ann doll, if I remember correctly. I don't know. I think I think or very something very close to a Raggedy Ann doll. And uh, I had a good friend of mine from back in the day. We'll call him Steve Baker to keep his name uh, protect the innocent. And he uh, he he used to have this Raggedy Ann doll. Not Annabelle, I don't think. You never know, I don't think. But he had a Raggedy Ann doll in his, uh, I think it was in his upstairs, they had like a spare bedroom. And it was always his mother, there's a spare bedroom, and anybody that grew up in houses that had spare bedrooms, I, not, I'm not a person that can say I did, but uh, a lot of the spare bedrooms I visited, when they're not in use, they're decorated with teddy bears and all types of weird whatevers. And uh, this was no different. And um, sitting in the rocking chair was, you know, this Raggedy Ann doll. And I think there might have been a couple other uh, stuffed animals or uh, animals of the uh, stuffed per- per- persuasion. And, um, you know, he said he remember him being like, I'd always walk by that doorway. And I just I'd be so creeped out. You know what I mean? It would just be this. I always felt like it was watching me and he had a real bad vibe about it. And uh, he told me this story about how he was. Uh, he was upstairs and uh, he ran downstairs and he said he, he, he distinctively remembered looking into the room and he seen the doll in the chair because he remembered he was creeped out at that moment by it. And uh, he went downstairs as was doing his business. And, you know, a few moments later, uh, what have you, uh, there was a big bang. Um, so he went upstairs to see what the bang was. And he said, you know, the only thing that was out of the norm was that this very doll was now no longer in the 
rocking chair, but it was now laying uh, a couple feet in front of the rocking chair um, on the ground. And he said he was so horrified that he ran out of the house and he waited outside till his uh, his parent, one of his parents, came home. And uh, it's funny because when a when a teenage boy is telling you a story about them being afraid of a raggedy end doll, you've got to take truth. You've got to take that as truth because he would say it'd be a Chucky doll or it'd be a doll with fangs and blood. Yeah, he wouldn't be thinking something like a raggedy end doll that doesn't that that seems very friendly and cute and almost the last thing you would expect of uh of it to be except if you look in those eyes because if i remember correctly the eyes of a raggedy and an andy doll are, are as black as michael myers's eyes uh and they're big coal eyes like frosty the no man and uh very deep and if you catch yourself staring into those eyes too long it could bring you into the abyss ray right into the abyss now, when you were a kid, was it what doll, when you think of creepy doll and from your youth, like in the same way, when I think of a creepy doll, I'm, I'm automatically jumping to Chucky for me, from because it's my generation. But is there a doll that you think of when you think of scary dolls? Uh, no, I don't have any scary dolls. I have a scary statue in mind, but not a doll. And a statue is, not, is basically a human form similar to a doll. You just don't play with it. What was the statue of? Well, all that that's going to have to have to remain nameless. Ooh, uh, okay. Now, what the reason the reason is that um, I've never told anybody this before. I was about twelve years old. I was somewhere. And I was looking at a statue, and I was looking at it from the side, and I just kind of looked at it and said, in my mind, I was saying, "You look weird." That's what I was thinking. I thought it was a weird statue. The thing turned its head. Oh. Freaked me out. I got the hell out of there. Now, this was a single-piece statue. It's not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, boom, I'm gone. That's it. But except for that one instance, uh, dolls don't bother me or other statues don't bother me. Tag. I'll remember also, I used to have a habit of uh, day and occasionally sneaking in at night, but this happened during the day, the one I just told you about, sneaking in the cemeteries. Yeah. So it's daytime. It's sunlight. It's not an optical illusion. The sun wasn't behind it or anything. Yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no foul play going on. There's no explanation except that that thing was possessed somehow. It did something it physically can't do, so I got out of there. Well, in a situation like that, that's all you really can do. I know I would get the hell out of Dodge immediately. You know what I mean? But let's take a trip through the history of uh, some dolls here and haunted dolls. We have Pollock's Toy Museum is one of London's loveliest small museums. A creaking Dickensian warren of wooden floors, low ceilings, threadbare carpets, and steep winding stairs housed in two connected townhouses. Its small rooms house a large, uh, haphazard collection of antique and vintage toys, tin cars and trains, board games from the 1920s, figures of animals and people in wood, plastic, lead, 
uh, paint-chipped and faintly dangerous-looking rocking horses. Stuffed teddy bears from the early 20th century, even purportedly a 4,000-year-old mouse fashioned from Nile clay. And, uh, and dolls, dolls with sleepy eyes, if you will, uh, with staring glass eyes, dolls with porcelain faces, with true-to-life painted ragdoll faces, with mobs for real hair atop their heads, with no hair at all. Um, 150-year-old Victorian dolls are rare dolls with wax faces. Dolls with cherry countenances, dolls with a stern expression, sweet dolls and bagly sinister dolls, skinny Dutch wooden dolls from the end of the 19th century, dolls in traditional Japanese or Chinese dress. One glassed off nuke of a room is crammed with porcelain face dolls in 19th century clothing sitting in vintage model carriages and propped up in wrought iron bedsteads as if in a miniaturized, overcrowded Victorian orphanage. Which that sounds like that would hold some bad energy, like some orphanage stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, one thing I don't know if they're going to get into, but it's the fact that these dolls, it took so much to make them. They were crafted, you know, it took so much to craft them. And, you know, of course, the children love them when they got them. Uh, and we know all from episodes in the past, we know all about if you, you know, your, your, the love and the feelings can go into an item that could make it haunted, you know. But also, you take uh, if you take a craftsman that's making a doll, anybody who's done any crafts at all, um, they put a lot in into that. And there are some people who actually uh, don't know if they'd want to admit it or not, but they'll be making something. They'll be talking about how beautiful it's going to be or how good it's coming out. They may even may even talk to it like a almost like it's alive. It's like, oh, you're looking good. Oh, I like you. And they're putting all this emotion in there while they're paying it all this attention, and they make it. And if you're talking these older dolls where they did this, that's a whole lot of energy to be pouring into a vessel. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy deal. Dolls have been part of human play for thousands of years. In 2004, a 4,000-year-old stone doll was unearthed in an archaeological dig in the Mediterranean island of Pantelleria. The British Museum was, uh, has several examples of ancient Egyptian rag dolls made of papyrus stuffed linen. Uh, over millennia, doll, toy dolls cross continents and social strata uh, were made from sticks and rags, porcelain and vinyl, and have been found in the hands of children everywhere. And by virtue of the fact that dolls are people in, in miniature, and unanimated by their own emotions, it's easy for a society to project whatever it wanted on them, just as much as they could be made out of anything. They could be made into anything. It's quite a quite a thought, you know what I mean? It's one of those deals. I think there's quite a tradition of using dolls to reflect cultural values of how we see children or who we wish them to be, says Patricia Hogan, the curator of the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, and associate editor of the American Journal of Play. For example, she says, by the end of the 19th century, many parents no longer saw their children as unfinished adults, but rather regarded childhood as a time of innocence that ought to be protected. In turn, dolls' faces took on a more uh, cherubic, angelic look. Uh, dolls also have an instructional function, often reinforcing gender norms or social behavior. Through the 18th and 19th century, dressing up dolls gave little girls the opportunity to learn or to sew or knit. 
Hogan says girls also use to act out social interactions with their dolls. Yeah, I think so. I think all all, all uh, genders of kids kind of did that with their toys. Not only uh, the classic tea parties, but also more complicated social rituals, such as funerals as well. Uh, in the early 20th century, right around the same time, the women were increasingly leaving the home and entering the workplace. Infant dolls became more popular, inducting young girls into a cult of maternal domesticity. In the second half of the 20th century, Barbie and her myriad career in satorial options provided girls with alternative aspirations, while action figures offered boys a socially acceptable way to play with dolls. The recent glut of boy-crazy, bizarrely proportioned, hyper-consumerist girl dolls, think like your brats and your Monster High type deal where it's makeup and you know, all kind of, you know, more modernized stuff says something about both how society sees girls and how girls see themselves. Although what is for, that is for another discussion to have and probably not a discussion for the mostly ghostly show. So dolls without meaning to mean a lot, but one of the more relatively recent ways to relate to dolls is a strange object. Uh, and it is totally scientific term creepiness. Now, some people like to sexually dress up as dolls, but that's a whole different show in general. Um, research into why we think things are creepy and what the potential use that might have is somewhat limited, but it does not exist. Creepy in the modern sense of the word has been around since the middle of the 19th century. Its first appearance in the New York Times was in 1877. References to a story about a ghost. 2014, uh, 13, Frank McAndrew, a psychologist at Knox College in Illinois, and Sarah Conkey, a graduate student, put out a small paper on their working hypothesis about what creepiness means. The paper was based on the result of a survey of more than 1,300 people investigating what creeped them out. Collecting dolls was named one of the creepiest hobbies. And it sure is. But I collect action figures, so you got that right. It is the creepiest hobby. Um, you ever do co- collect action figures? Or I know Ray Booten wouldn't collect dolls as a child. Uh, the only figures I had were these little toy soldiers. Oh, yeah, it's a real manly thing to say. That's what real men do, that and wrestlers, little wrestler guys. Um, human survival over countless generations depended on the avoidance of threats. At the same time, humans thrived in groups. The creeped out response McAndrew theorized is shaped by the twin forces of being attuned by potential threats. Therefore, out of the ordinary behavior and being uh, wary of rocking the social boat. From an evolutionary perspective, people who responded with this creeped out response did better in the long run. People who didn't might have ignored dangerous things or they're more likely to jump to the wrong conclusion too quickly and be socially ostracized. Yeah, so, I mean, just because people want to play with some dolls, they want to say they're bad people. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't call them witches anymore, so we just call them doll collectors. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a weird, I think it's one of those weird vibes, though, you know what I mean? There's catch that, there's the soulless, a doll's kind of like a soulless person, a lifeless person, like we said before. So, like, that definitely uh, 
that definitely floats the boat a little bit into like what we're dealing with here and uh, why it gets kind of the bad rap. This is kind of, we, we wanted to approach it from the beginning of the show with a little bit of why dolls kind of get, uh, get a bad rap, why people think they're so creepy before we, you know, we, we're, we're going to dive into some, we're going to dive into some crazy things here. You know what I mean? We got, uh, I got some dolls that are notoriously creeped out. You know what I mean? That I want to talk to y'all about, uh, and talk to mainly talk to Mr. Ray Booten and you guys can listen along at home if you'd like. So, uh, without any further ado, let's pop into some of these dolls, huh? Shall we? So first up, we have Peggy, the doll who gives you chest pain, which sounds like a girlfriend or a wife type situation. Uh, daughter too. I I heard they can do them too. Uh, Jane Harris is a leading paranormal investigator in England who deals almost exclusively with dolls that are haunted. We would love to get her on the show. Jane, if you hear this, hit us up. We'd love to have you. Uh, now, one day she received a letter in the mail and a package that contained a blonde-haired doll. In the note, the woman said the doll's name was Peggy and that she was haunted. Jane began a case study on the doll and posted many photos of disturbing videos of Peggy online. Soon she began to receive letters and emails from people who saw the photo and videos and claimed that Peggy caused them to experience nausea and intense migraines. One unfortunate woman even suffered from a heart attack after looking at a photo of Peggy. Mediums have reported that the spirit of someone who died in the Holocaust dwells within the doll. Well, that right there would definitely bring bring some bad vibes to the party, don't you think, right? Oh, positively. I'm wondering where that doll came from. If that's if the bad spirit was it in the proximity of something like a concentration camp. That's the vibe I get. I like like it was a little girl carrying it, carrying it through these camps, and she put all her hope and and, and happiness and in that doll. That doll was the only. It was the nicest thing to her. You know, it's quite a tragic thing because you feel like. People lose fake, you know, kids could lose parents and then they're truly alone and you have your doll, your parents gave it to you and, you know, it's been there with you since you were a kid and you got to put your faith and you got to put some type of support of some hope into something, you know what I mean? And uh, when the kid does that, I think that energy could get trapped in the doll. What do you think? I think so. The child forms an attachment to the doll. And maybe that attachment uh, becomes permanent once the child grows older and dies. Uh, because that t- doll could have, as a child, it could have been pre- since, let's say, the child and the doll were the only ones that survived using mm. the scenario that the parents did not. Um, that doll could be viewed as a protector, as a friend. as a. Uh, but I'm thinking more as a protector. The doll's always been there when everybody else failed. And the attachment can be very, very strong. The person could get, because of the energy that they put into it, attached to the doll and get sucked right in at their passing. So that they're kind of stuck haunting that doll. I feel like that kid didn't even grow up. I think that kid passed. I have a vision in my head, take it for what you will, of, a, of like a, of like a, a German soldier walking across the, 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 the sandy landscape and he, he sees this dusty doll on the ground and he picks it up, brushes it off and puts it in his pocket to bring home to his daughter. Now that doll used to be owned by that girl 
who is now with her family, and they are not around anymore. I'll just say that. You know what I mean? Well, the reason people could get sick also and have a lot of bad luck is that all the trauma that was that doll absorbed, it just oh, kicks yeah. it back out. It throws it back out, and you receive some of that negative energy. You receive some of that trauma, and it will manifest in different ways. If you have a bad heart, a heart attack. Other people, um, if they have problems, they could end up with a migraine. Different things could be put out there, and affect that energy could affect people in different negative ways. Of course. I mean, it would definitely have something. You almost wonder if like a da- bad energy would almost jump into the doll thinking that it was a human because it was the form and then almost getting trapped in the dome, kind of having a child's play the way Chucky is. Chucky's, you know, a serial killer is trapped in a doll and he has to do some voodoo to get himself uh, into a kid, into an innocent. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that vibe for sure. Uh, But yeah, Peggy, I know that Peggy gives Al Bundy stomach pains and heart, heart failure. But uh, <laughs> as far as as far as uh, just random folks, I don't know. But uh, they have a. I seen a picture of the doll, and she does look very creepy. It looks like a like a nineties doll you would buy at uh, like Family Dollar uh, for like six ninety nine in the nineties. You know what I mean? Very good stuff. Next up, we have the Janesville doll. Um, during 1970s, a man lived by himself in Janesville, Minnesota. There was a small square window in the attic that faced the street. In 1976, the man took a porcelain doll and placed it in the window. Children noticed the window in the attic uh, and became weary of it, claiming its expression would change, which is pretty, uh, it's pretty far away for you to be able to change, uh, see the expression change on a porcelain doll. But, okay, over time, the entire town of Janesville believed the doll to be haunted. Some theorized that the man once had a daughter who who he murdered. Uh, Afterward, he deeply regretted his decision, as I think anybody would, and placed the doll in the window as a memorial to her. But he didn't want to memorialize her uh, as far as turning himself in, I heard. He didn't want to do that. That wouldn't be. He says he don't make two, you don't get two wrongs, don't make a right, Matthew. That's what he told me that cold, dark night. But uh, that would definitely leave room for a haunting if he killed his daughter. I mean, of course. Almost sounds like that might be some folklore to it, some urban legend a little bit. Yeah, I go more with the urban legend sort of thing because um, if you kill the daughter, I don't know if she would haunt the doll or not. And if she did, why she would bother with passersby unless she was trying to get their attention. Yeah. But it building up through the whole town, that sounds like a word of mouth thing and everybody telling the story and the story just builds each time it's told. Yeah. He's like like when you drive down the street and you see that 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 Donald Trump cardboard cutout or that Count Dracula cardboard cutout in people's like upper windows. It's like the same person that does that type of thing is what this guy does. You know, I think he just kind of messes with people knowing the people are going to go, what is that? What is up that? What is in that window? And then things start to talk. People talk. You know what I mean? It's crazy. 
Um, you know, they believed that the, the, the face would change over time. The entire town believed the doll was haunted. Some theorized that the man once had a daughter he murdered, which I don't like the sound of that. That's horrifying. And he would deeply regret it, I assume. Um, but like I said, not a, didn't regret it enough to take his own life, unless maybe he did, or didn't regret it enough to turn himself in. Uh, but folks believed her spirit had transferred itself into the doll. Nobody is quite sure why the doll was placed by the window on that fateful day, which further lends to the creepy stories and legends. The truth behind the doll and its paranormal abilities may never be known. Um, all right. I don't know about that one. That one's a little, I don't know. You know what I mean? Next up, we have Mandy, the crying doll, which is uh, from the picture I've seen. looks like a very old doll with a cracked face, which makes it, horrifying it looks like a, a new age you know mumble rapper one of these rappers of nowadays with the tattoos all over their face spider webs on their foreheads and all that garbage um it looks like that uh, that's what the doll looks like uh very creepy it looks like scars the way the cracks are in the face it looks like scars and it does look uh it does look the part for sure definitely looks the part in 1991 uh, the Quiznal and District Museum received an anonymous donation in the form of an antiquated baby doll. The donor informed that she could no longer endure hearing the doll cry in the middle of the night. Puzzled, the museum curators included the doll in one of their exhibits against the local psychic's advice. I don't know, does the local psychic hang around to give them advice? I don't know if that makes sense. Soon visitors begin to claim they heard disembodied footsteps in the room where Mandy was kept. Anytime someone attempted to photograph the doll, their cameras would malfunction. Even creepier is the fact that when Mandy has been placed in the same cases as other dolls, the other dolls become damaged and on the floor of the display case. So Mandy plays rough is how this is, this is sounding. Um, very interesting stuff. Her crying in the middle of the night is creepy. Kind of makes you wonder. Uh, you want to have a little psychiatric evaluation of the person who turned in the doll. You know, not just to make sure they're on the up and up. Not to say anything, you know, not to say, you know, anything, anything like uh, they could be lying or anything. But, you know, you always want to be on the up and up with situations like that. Um, if that person thought that she was a doll herself then that, that could be something you might want to question. That could be something to bring up to the authorities, you know. But, uh, yeah, and then the fl- beating up the other dolls in the display case. I can see that to a degree, you know. Um, it isn't really, I feel like it's, it wouldn't have the person, it's not a doll looking at other dolls being like, I'm a better doll than you. I feel like whatever's in there, we're not talking about a doll. You know what I mean? We're talking about an entity that is within a doll. You know, it's not, you know, that doll's got better a better paint job than I do, so I'm going to flip it down. Um, otherwise, it would just jump ship into that other doll if it liked it, I assume. But uh, what's your take on the dolls in the same case being knocked over? Well, that sounds like a full-on haunting. Yeah. And that that is uh, some sort of entity in there, and it's establishing dominance. Uh, it, it's doing that to creep people out. It's doing that to show its influence and its strength. Uh, yeah, yeah, and like cameras not working, disrupting things. It's 
it's reaching out, it's shooting its own energy out there and uh, disrupting everything around it. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that the, the, the baby crying all night is a creepy element to it. Um, and it's not, it's something that I would believe if somebody said, I'd go, well, that makes, that sounds like something that would happen in the paranormal world. Um, what do you think that would be the, a crying all night? Uh, you know what I think? I think that there was a baby, there was a little baby that had that baby in its crib that never got fed, unfortunately. And it just cried and cried and cried. And maybe, maybe there was a single mother that was taking care of it that passed away and that baby just cried and cried and there was nobody to feed it until one day it died from not being fed, which is horrifying, but it could be something like that. You know what I mean? I'm also thinking that maybe uh, quite often different entities and we've spoken about it before, what they'll do is they'll attack in a way that, it's like they know your fear, they know your weakness, and they'll find it. And if you have someone who loves children, loves babies, they pick this doll up. What's the, once the baby gets a read on the person, it gets a feel for the person, they're going to know. That entity that's inside that doll is going to know that person loves babies. And the best way to freak it out is to cry and cry. Because it's trying to drive that person to the edge that maybe... It could jump, jump that person and go into that person, but it's trying, it's trying to manipulate that person using the weakness that person has for children. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy deal. I don't, uh, children, it's, they always say, you know, children and the elderly they go after because they feel like they're easy to trick them, which is, you know, that thought in itself is pretty horrifying. Um, but not as horrifying as next up, the haunted Barbie. Uh, with very blue eyes, very blue eyes with very dark black pupils, the devil's black pupils, the devil's wear, devil wears Prada, as you know. It may be hard to believe, but one of the most haunted dolls in the world is in fact a Barbie. During World War I, British-occupied Singapore uh, was once home to a family of German spies. Once discovered, the British chased the family out, and the teenage daughters fell from a cliff. The local townspeople built a shrine for the little girl near the cliffside. Fast forward to 2007. That's a pretty fast, fast forward. When an Australian man began having dreams of a dead German girl uh, who guided the man to the local toy store. Once there, she pointed to a Barbie doll in the display window. The man had his this dream three nights in a row and was convinced it was the German girl from Singapore. He went to a toy store and bought the very doll the girl had pointed to and took it to the girl's shrine. Now hundreds of people believe the soul of the German girl now lives in the Barbie. Again, we should have psyche, uh, psychological evaluation of this gentleman. And once he clears that, then we'll say, all right, and we'll go... This one's a little more weird because nothing really happened. The only the whole story revolves around, you know, relies on this dude's kind of testimony of supposedly having these dreams. And as we all know, and everybody listening, a person's dreams aren't reality. You know, we were, it's the oldest trick in the book, you know what I mean? Uh, unfortunately, dreams aren't reality. Um, 
who knows, maybe one day we'll find out such things. But I think uh, with this story, the fact that it's just kind of him saying that it happened doesn't quite give it the legs that it would like to have. You know what I mean? What's your take on this one, Ray? I think he could have heard about the girl, and uh, I agree with you as far as it's just his story. It's like he's creating the legend himself. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there's there's exploiters in the world that'll go, hey, um, I don't have this in my life, or I don't have that in my life, and I'd, I'd rather be known and loved or whatever, and they think, well, if I say... I had these dreams, I'll be famous. People start talking about me, maybe people will love me. And, you know, people, there's some really crazy folks that would do some really dark things that psychologically they can accept in their head, you know what I mean? And Unfortunately, yeah, some of the darkness they'll do for their 15 minutes of fame is scary. Yeah. You're watching something? No, I'm out back, and I got the darkness with the river and the trees and the breeze blowing. Every now and then, something flits by and stuff. I got some wild animals out here, so. I like it. Yeah, I wish I had a little more wooded area to watch the animals run through. But we just got these damn haunted, creepy dolls, Ray. We just got these dang dolls. But uh, the Barbie, which, you know, Barbie's been around forever. You're going to feel like uh, a lot of... A lot of energy has been put into those Barbies. You know, they've been little girls of worship Barbie. I think they still do to this day. I haven't. Um, yeah. I can, yeah. I can say they did because my niece recently wanted some Barbies. So like, yeah, to this day and they've been going forever, forever. The Barbies have been going and people putting faith into them, becoming little girls, best friends. You know what I mean? Um, you know, they like they said it before. The girls talk to them. You know, it's very. I never really put the what I said. The whole thing about how it, these kids were dealing with death and funerals and stuff like that. First, you know, I never. It's a hundred percent true. You know what I mean? And I never even thought of stuff like that. A war. You know, you see kids playing war with their with their 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 their, their army men or whatever. You know what I mean? And it, 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 is 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 innocent as it is. It it is the introduction of these things. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Well, also, if you take a look in, in the history of dolls, at one time, I think it was in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, what people used to do is when they had a child that died, um, they would have a doll fashion to look like the child, yeah. dress it up in the child's home uh, in the child's clothes. And keep that doll to like honor the child. It was like a little shrine. So they had this this little either wax or this little carved figure of their child in the clothes in the house. And the child died. Now, to me, I, I, it's a way of holding on. But yeah. you're associating the right there the doll with the dead. It's dark. Yeah, it's definitely a dark deal. It's got all types of bad written all over it that we've talked about throughout the show of different things. You know, yeah, and the holding on. The holding on is the word. You got to, as horrible it is, it is when you lose somebody like that, you got to kind of let them go because you holding on to them, the memory of them could bring around bad things. You know what I mean? Open it. It's like opening a portal in a way. It's like a Ouija board a little bit, but not quite. But, you know, the want and the hopes and the really reaching to kind of touch 
make contact with somebody, I think, you know, even bad things can stroll through that you got to be careful with. Well, if they're, if they're using the dead child's clothes and voodoo, what you always do is you include something from the person, some hair or something else from the person. So they're making a connection right there. The image looks like the child. They've invested emotion in that, in the child in that image. And it's got the clothes that the child used to have. Yeah. That's just, to me, that's just wrong from stage one. I don't care how much you're mourning. That's, that's not the way to do it. Let the child go. Yeah, it's like those when you, in the old horror movies where like, well, we need a piece of their clothing. You know what I mean? For this, for, to do this magic spell, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the same stuff. They're dealing with like dark arts type stuff um, without even realizing it. Now, now, hundreds of people believe the soul of a German girl now lives in a Barbie. Uh, hundreds of people believe. That's a small percentage of people that read this article believe. Like, uh, so it isn't very well believed. Hundreds are not a lot of people. <clears throat> I'd at least, per- if I was writing an article on it, <clears throat> I'd at least perk it up to thousands of people. You got to think of the future. Um, the Italian doll, which lo- looks like a cross between the the baby from Dead Alive and Complete Horror mixed in, in, in a blender. Um, porcelain face. You know, these dolls, as they get older, the thing about the porcelain face that sticks out as well is, like, as they get, they age and get older, they get grime and dirty and all that stuff. So, like, they almost take on, like, a deathly flesh tone. They have, like, that off-gray, greenish-type look to it. It's just like, damn, like, like these dolls really do die of old age. What the hell's going on here? Um, you know, you... ICP made a song once called Toy Box, uh, and it was about toys and how when, you know, when you're a kid, you love them, and they're the best thing, you're your best friends, and then when you get older, you just kind of throw them away, and you don't want to deal with them anymore, but in their story, uh, the toys still, they just felt outcasted and betrayed, and they came, they came back to kill the, you know, to kill, to kill, and, uh, because they, you know, they were kind of discarded, you know what I mean? Kind of like well, how people feel sometimes. And uh, that right there would be a big reason for these haunts too. You know, you have all the, you have the, you have a doll that, you know, f- from birth to 15 years old, and in certain cases older, these kids would carry these dolls around with them like they were their safety blanket, you know what I mean? And then now they're teenagers and they want to grab the bong or the bottle. They want to grab their lover. They want to grab something like that. Now they're throwing their toy, you know, into the wastebasket. Now, if you were to say that there was any energy within that, that energy would probably start to feel a little bitter, a little hurt, uh, a little betrayed by that treatment. And uh, if you were to manifest some type of thing within that doll, giving all that emotion of of your love, Something ain't gonna like the fact that you're not loving it anymore. They're probably gonna hate the fact that you're not loving it anymore. And if they could kind of harness that energy, then you probably have an issue on your hands. Well, yeah, no one. Uh, I've never met a jilted lover that's been happy. Yeah. Key your car. This dolls are up there keying cars, right? And, uh, <laughs> keying those little yellow and orange. Uh, Little Tykes cars getting all keyed up. 
Um, now, we're going to talk about the Italian doll for a moment here. During the 1920s, a little girl in Italy received a doll. I wonder who she received it from. That's very important. The doll was primarily made of felt, but had a head covered in real human hair, which I assume that that's a bad look. Ah, real human hair, because this is even pre-COVID, you don't want to deal with human real human hair. Um uh, because in some cases, some of that hair probably came off of a dead body. I almost feel like if, 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 if business was bad that week and regular folk weren't turning in enough bags of hair for them to make these dolls, I feel like grave robbers hit the old dusty trail and dug up some bodies and shaved their heads down and took the head off of some corpses and brought it back in. Hey, business is business. And uh, put that in the doll, and you know you're going to have a serious... That's every horror movie ever made, once you talk about putting dead people's hair in dolls, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I can't see... I could see at one point in history, maybe, if people were broke, they would sell their hair. Uh, Especially when you're looking before a lot of the synthetics came out. Yeah. And you had handcrafted dolls. But I agree with you, it's you can turn right around and uh, you used to have grave robbers. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, anything they could sell. And that could be your hair. You could have, a, you could, I agree. You could have that dead person's hair on your doll that the child is playing with. Yeah. Who knows what that person was in life, whether they were good or evil or how they died, whether it was traumatic. But you can't, no matter what it was, you're carrying their hair on that doll. Your kid, part of that person, mm. and you you plucked its hair one by one out of its head, and it can still feel it in the other realm. And then you give it to a kid. Then you give it to a kid to sleep with. Horrifying. Um, the girl became inseparable from the doll immediately. You know what I mean? Um, you, the, that could just be from the love of the toy, or it could actually be some type of energy, some pulling, some attraction of energy. You know what I mean? Then that could be there too. She named her Puba and prized her above all other possessions. Now that right there is no good. Uh, it's holding up. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I automatically think of the. The, the God thing, don't hold any other what is it, idols above me? Isn't that how it goes? Yeah, there, there shall be no other gods before me. Yeah, that's all. when I read that that's that's the first thing that popped in my head because these kids would, these kids before they know about any of that religious stuff would look at these things as the greatest thing in the world you know what I mean? We're not to, beyond toys, I know right here it sounds like her greatest possessions but a child's possessions and toys are, they, they're, they're everything you know, they're you know, the only reason why they're on three-year-olds offing themselves over getting their toys taken away is because they don't even know what offing themselves are. But that's how much they care about their toys, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd hate to see a world where that happened. Well, the world's so dark. Imagine that. Oh, I don't even want to talk about the age for that getting younger and younger. That's terrible. The girl grew to be a woman, like, like most do, which is nice, and kept the doll until her death in 2005. Um, as the girl spent more time with Puba, uh, she began to insist that the doll was alive and would often speak to her. Again, again, 
you know, it's weird. Mental health always has to be brought into the situation. I don't know if that's because of the time we're living in now or just what it is, but that always pops in my head. The older you get, the more crazy people you see. I've I've seen people have full-blown conversation with trees and fucking trash cans in the city and all types of madness. So the idea of somebody having an issue and, and thinking that they are talking to a doll, it, it, it wouldn't blow my mind. You know what I mean? Or even an attention thing. There, People would do crazy things like this for strictly attention, not even the fact that they were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You know what I mean? Her family kept Pooba and placed her in a glass case as a tribute to the woman. <sighs> you'd think the woman would want to be buried with her, you'd think. You know what I mean? That would kind of make sense. Oh, wait a minute. Is that doll haunted now? Because the girl died? No, because the doll can't be with the girl. Well, I think it, well, before she, before she passed, it would talk to her. So, like, there was something going on. But uh, occasionally she likes to sneak out and roam around the house as well, supposedly. So, you know, the family said that uh, the pooba does not like to be confined and can be heard knocking on the glass at night. And sometimes she sneaks out. Now, her, that could just be them hearing footsteps, which who's to say? I mean, that could very well be it. Could be Pooba here, um, the Grand Pooba. Or uh, it could be, you know, whatever. It could be a mouse. You know what I mean? Uh, that could also go into the psychosis of a lot of people that uh, don't quite get over lo- losing loved ones and the fact that they say that Pooba's making noise, they still feel like their daughter's still there type deal, you know? Um, so there could be that element to it as well. But I don't know. Yeah, so there was issues beforehand, but I guess they went, They started seeing the, the things beforehand is the doll would talk to her. She passed away. They put the doll in a case, and then they would hear things after the fact. So what? I know where you were going with that a little bit, but before I cut you off, where were you going with that about, you know, the after-death thing? Like, do you think she might have went into the doll type deal? Uh... I think that's a possibility because she seemed to put a lot of her life into that doll. Right. So I think that's that's uh, a definite possibility there. Uh, the doll could have, from the energy and the way she identified with it, become its own entity, formed its own... Uh, an entity could have taken it over or it formed its own character, became its own entity. And when they put it in a case, it was separated from its mother so to speak the one that gave it birth and now it tries to get out and uh to try and find the lady it really should have been buried with her yeah we talk about um smooth surfaces a lot on the show where it's kind of like an imprisonment of spirits you think that it might not like the glass case for that reason because it feels imprisoned I think so. It feels imprisoned. It wants it wants its freedom. It wants to go find the girl. And what they hear are the footsteps, whether it's the doll itself or the entity inside manifesting. Um, I think that's why they hear the footsteps. Mm. So when you're at that secondhand store, those flea markets, those savers, those Sally armies, you know what I mean? You want to... Uh... You pick up that that doll and only one eye rolls forward while the other one's closed winking at you. Put that doll back down. You don't want to play games. Uh, next up, we have Joliet. 
the cursed doll. Sounds like they're all the cursed doll. They should be fighting for uh, better names, these poor things. They're all labeled the same thing. Many years ago, a woman discovered she and her husband were going to have going to have a baby. Uh, Delighted by her good fortune, she shared the news with her best friend. That friend had been trying to have a baby for a long time and was intensely jealous. Uh, The friend acquired a doll with a terrible curse and gave it to the pregnant woman as a gift. I don't know why they're calling her. They're still calling this person a friend. They should have changed that to the, the woman. The woman... I'll change it myself. The woman acquired a doll with a terrible curse and gave it to the pregnant woman as a gift. Nine months later, the woman gave birth to a healthy baby boy who mysteriously died three days later. Oh, terrible. After the death of her son, the woman began to hear her baby's cries emanating from the doll. A few years later, the woman had a baby girl who grew up and acquired the doll. Her son also died three days after being born. For four generations, the women in the family all had sons who died on the third day of life, and each could hear the sounds of their crying babies coming from the doll. I got goosebumps, homie. I'm not going to lie. I got goosebumps on my body right now. Um, shit, dude. The, the, the weight of, of get The weight of putting that curse on a bloodline has got to be pretty fucking heavy on whoever put that curse, too. What do you think? Oh, I agree. And curses on bloodlines exist, too. Yeah. Until you they, break they, it. They, they def- yeah, until you break it. They definitely, they definitely exist. That's a full-out curse. Um, and whoever did it knew what they were doing. Because they unleashed, they unleashed some nasty. They probably paid for it in the afterlife, but they unleashed, yeah. unleashed some nasty in this life. That's what I mean. Like, I think that'd be a heavy debt to settle. Like, that's not only the, the asking for the favor, you got to be super evil to do that. And then asking and getting that favor is big. And then the energy and negative energy that comes with it happening is big. And that's all on her shoulders. You know what I mean? Uh, and that don't sound like no friend, man. Damn. It's like, that's fucking cold. Like, that's if, if she called her a friend beforehand and she got that upset over I can understand feeling some some maybe some bitterness or maybe some why not me you know what I mean about it but you bite your lip and move on with life you know what I mean? that's your friend uh, she went super drastic uh, with that I felt and multiple generations that is like that's horrifying it's like because you're giving that's not that that's vindictive man that's more than that's more than I, I wish I had a baby. You know, the fact that you're giving these people a kid for three days and taking it away is very vindictful. That's very hateful. That's cold. You know what I mean? That's, you know, have if it, di- if it died in the womb, you know what I mean? That's one thing. That's awful enough. But having it, but being born healthy, living for, having it for three days and it dying is, whoo, that's... That's no good. That's no bueno. That's no good at all. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see the one who gave the curse, uh, what the balance of their life was like. Because typically they think everything's going to be fine and it turns bad for them even while they're alive. I bet she felt like she was already cursed. That's why she couldn't have a kid. You know what I mean? And she directed that in the wrong direction. I don't know. 
That's dark. That's real. That's that's a lot of darkness, man. That could also be one of those darkness things where she set she made a deal in in, in the throes of madness. You know what I mean? And after maybe regretted it after the fact. You know, after you see, you got to be super fucking heartless to be able to that when that first the three after the first one dies after three days. Even if you were sick enough to get enjoyment out of like that, coming back around for th- two more two more tours of that, oh man, I don't know. You got to be a super sick individual to uh, get down with that. I almost feel like maybe uh, you know how when you get angry and you wish bad things, but like then a couple of days later you're like, that was real stupid of me. Uh, I wonder if it was something like that, and then. Uh, you know, once you do, once you make that deal, it is what it is. You know what I mean? You can't really go back on it. I wonder if it was more like Ray says, I'd love to know more about that girl to kind of know what uh, the story is. You know, it could be somebody that just in the moment of weakness and in, in, in complete hatred of themselves in the world said something really messed up. <coughs> it got made, <coughs> made into a reality. You know what I mean? Well, I, I I also wonder about her background to be able to put a curse on somebody through generations for it to be that effective. They had, she had to, she had to have some dark ties or some power ties in there to begin with because you don't just randomly get that effective and have it carried down generational lines. There was something wrong there to begin with. You think if she get offered up a lot, if she offered offered up her her, well, she didn't think of, she would have a bloodline, so she can't really offer. We've talked about how people, horrifyingly enough, in the past, people have like offered their children up. Like I remember there was that story that we're eventually going to do, and I bought the book. We're eventually me and Ray are both going to read it. And it's I haven't read it, and I'm passing it off to Ray, so it's my fault. But we're eventually going to read that Satan's Harvest book about that dude that. His father, like, <clears throat> that, like, gave his soul to the devil before he was even born. And the poor dude had, like, a horrendous life that ended super tragic. And uh, he was just, like, burdened down by the curse that his father put on him, which was horrifying. You know what I mean? You remember that book? Uh, nope. We talked about this. We talked about this in, like, the first season I went out and I bought the book and I'm too afraid to read it. <laughs> it's too, no, it's horrifying because it, it, the book's, a, it's local, it's local lore about, it's from around here. Uh, and it's about a kid that, whose father was super dark, gave, like, gave his life, like, worship the, 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 worship the devil. And I believe the father shot the mother and then killed himself in front of the kid. <clears throat> The kid grew up the best he could, I'm sure. You know what I mean? After witnessing something like that. But unfortunately, and he would say that he was always cursed by that. And it was it followed him around. And uh, he eventually killed himself, too, which was super dark. Fucking dark. Um, but yeah, I remember with like first season, first season of the ghostly, mostly ghostly, we talked about that. But back into the dolls. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, the cries, the cries are a lot, that, that cry, I think the cries were brought up in the one before it too, and it's, uh, you know, cries are always going to be one of those things that people will say, because when you think of 
gloomy, sad, scary, uncomfortable noises that you would hear coming from anywhere, name it. Crying has got to be one of them. Laughing, in the right atmosphere, laughing's horrifying. In the right atmosphere, you hear the right laugh, you know, you're going to have to put more food in your belly because it ain't going to be in your system anymore type deal. Um, but crying is right up there with it. Uh, the Blair Witch Project, I know they're, I believe they did. I believe there, there's a scene where they're in a tent and they, you hear baby crying in the night and it's just like, God, ah, just like so unnerving. It's just horrifying. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah. With me, the crying is... It's horrifying, but it's also a trap. Yeah. Because the first, the first response of most adults that they hear a baby crying is to turn around and want to go help or see what it is. Right. It's a trap. And when it's a doll or there's no baby there, it goes from trap to, oh, no, and real creepy, real fast. Whereas... Laughing, that's creepy right out of the box. That's it. That 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 that's it right there, boom. You got you got my attention and I am uncomfortable. Yeah. The, the crying first thing is, oh, what's wrong with that? Wait a minute, there's no baby in the house. Oh that's a horrifying one too. That reminds me of like the 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 babysitter that uh that that um that famous babysitter sto- story about like getting harassed all night on the phone and she calls the cops up and they go in to find out where the call's coming from and it's coming from the upstairs bedroom. I heard that was like the first scary story I ever heard in my entire life. I was told that story by somebody who told by my I think my aunt or my mother told me that it happened to them. It was like what do they call them? There's a name, urban legend. There was an urban legend where like in every town has like their version of it. But I remember the first urban legend I ever heard was the one of the, 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 the caller in the upstairs bedroom. But, um, one urban legend we're going to talk about right now is called the dolls of Satan, which is, uh, some more dolls you don't want to mess with. You know what I mean? These look more like party favors, but, uh, it's only cause they're new Orleans. Uh, During the 1800s, many affluent families lived in New Orleans. One of those families had a daughter who was ready for marriage. The woman had a secret affair with a boy in town, but was arranged to wed a wealthy Scotsman. When her love found out, he sought the help of a voodoo queen, Marie Laveau. For anybody out there that don't know, fun fact for your ass right now, Marie Laveau is a devastatingly great Dr. Hook in the Medicine Show song. So if you uh, go on and listen to that, another man gun gone. Classic. Um, The girl was married and soon became pregnant, but she did not give birth to an ordinary baby. Uh Uh-oh, Ray. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. Instead, she gave birth to a grotesque, deformed monstrosity everybody believed to be the spawn of the devil. The good people of New Orleans began to believe that the baby would wander the city at night and attack anyone in the streets. Some began to believe that by 
car the by that by carving a likeness to the baby into a gourd and leaving it on the porch would protect them from Satan's child. To this day, the devil gourd dolls are still made, and many believe they are still cursed objects, courtesy of Marie Laveau. Um, now, the most important question to ask yourselves out there is, is everybody familiar with the song Marie Laveau from Dr. Hook? Ray, are you familiar with that jam? Nope. Uh, Ray, dude, you will. Next time you're on the tube, look up Marie Laveau by Dr. Hook. You will be dancing around your place. It is great. Um, Dr. Hook's a great band in general. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of crazy, you know. I've, we've heard variations of the story of the curse and the baby being deformed. Um, I wonder whatever happened with that baby. If you're talking that time frame, they, back then they were usually locked up, locked away. You think they put it to death or they actually just straight up lock it up? Uh, if it didn't go to some sort of reformatory or it didn't go to some sort of mental institution, then it was probably put to death. I mean, if it was believed to be the spawn of the devil, religious groups would want to burn that thing immediately, don't you think? I do. What I don't understand is why carving the face, which would save you, mm. turns eventually into a haunted object, since it was something that should keep something evil away. So why is it haunted? Yeah, it had a, it had a pumpkin feel to it a little bit. A little witchiness. The gourds there, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The likeliness of a baby. The baby would wander the city at night and attack anyone in the streets. That's kind of a horrifying thought, too, when you think about it. It has like that uh, It Lives vibe to it. The good people of New Orleans uh, begin to believe that the baby would wander the city at night and attack anyone in the streets. That's more reason for it to uh, kill the baby. Yeah, I feel like this baby... You know, a baby ain't getting up and going anywhere unless we're talking about a super baby that's born able to move around. My guess is it was probably just born with some type of, you know, even to this day, you'll see babies that get born with weird, unfortunate things, medical things that go on with them. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know any of the names of these medical terms, unfortunately, or fortunately enough. I hope nobody has to know the terms to them. And my love goes out to the people that any, that has to deal with it in any way. But like, you know, bad things happen. Babies are born in unfortunate situations to this day. Um, so I think it's more of a situation like that, probably, you know what I mean? Where it was born and it had some type of, you know, something that just wasn't cut, lining up with everything else. And uh, they would say that, but I almost feel like they'd probably kill it because realistically, if you were to think something was the spawn of Satan, like you wouldn't want that around. No, back then they'd probably get rid of it. Especially if they think it's going to go hurt people. You know what I mean? doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, carving the likeliness of the baby into a gourd, uh, to protect it, I, that that's a little more folky. That kind of brings the story down a little bit. That has a very Ichabod Craney, Halloweeny, weird, fairy tale story to it. I mean, maybe later in life, if it was Mothman's. They were trying to celebrate it. I could see that making sense into the story, but to this day, I don't know. They still make them to this day. 
I think instead of all that shit, everybody just go listen to Marie Laveau by Dr. Hook and everything will be all right. Next up, the real Annabelle doll, which is in a Raggedy Inn doll, like we said before. And uh, if you, you guys ain't hip to Raggedy Ann doll, I know a lot of you are, but if, uh, if you're a little younger than, than me and Ray, and you, you might not understand it, go take a pick, go grab a pick off the Goog, off the Google. And uh, look into the, stare into the eyes of a Raggedy Ann doll. Because when you're staring into the eyes of a Raggedy Ann doll, you're staring into the abyss. You know what I mean? Uh, many horror fans know Annabelle from The Conjuring and the movie that was made about her a few years later. But the story of the real Annabelle doll is quite different. In 1970, a woman named Donna received the Raggedy Ann doll from her mother. She kept the doll around her apartment. Soon, Donna and her roommate, Angie, began to notice that the doll would often change position or be in a different room altogether. Now, this kind of ties into my buddy's story a little bit. And I would like to kind of know and do a little more research on the story of Raggedy Ann and Andy and see if there's some type of weird, secret, dark, sinister, fucking underlying story to how that came about or secret meanings or whatever because uh these dolls are those big black eyes but these dolls catch a lot of heat for some reason and there's got to be some type of reason why um the girls decided to call a psychic who told them a girl named annabelle once died in their apartment complex Saddened by the story, the girls invited Annabelle's spirit to fully transfer itself into the doll. The doll then began to emit a blood-like substance from its hands, and it even attempted to strangle one of their friends. That's fucking horrifying. Today, Annabelle lives at Ed and Lorraine Warren's Occult Museum. Well, not today, because I don't think it's... I think it burnt down. Um, and Ed and Lorraine are passed on, rest in peace. But um, very weird, yeah. You, you come. I wonder how the Ouija board, if they if they connected with this thing before, you know, they decided to call a psychic. But the doll would often change the positions and stuff. That that's what the, the first thing that got them worried. Then they decided to call a psychic who told them the girl named Annabelle once died in their apartment complex. So it almost sounds like the apartment complex is more of the issue than the Raggedy Ann doll. You know what I mean? Like, the, when this girl jumped into the Raggedy Ann doll, well, they invited her into the Raggedy Ann doll, which is, I don't know why she'd want to go into a Raggedy Ann doll when uh, maybe she didn't like the apartment complex. Maybe she thought she'd be able to go mobile if she was in a doll. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Trying to make its way back into the physical world. Yeah. What's your take on the blood-like substance from its hands? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be dye leaching out of when uh, something gets wet. Yeah. Um, not sure about that. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I have no desire to run out and take a look and handle a doll, but <laughs> I, I'd be kind of curious. A part of me is also kind of curious to examine it and see what it could be besides just blood. Because yeah. they always say blood-like substance. Right. So that could be anything red. Like I said, it could be a dye, anything at all. Plasm. 
you know, there's there's different plasms in, in, in the paranormal field every now and then. Weird, weird, you know. Are you do you talking ectoplasm? That like, thing that's around us all the time, like ectoplasm, and yeah, the plasm that the ghost leaves behind in Ghostbusters one on the library's uh, cards. It's my favorite plasm. Wow, I got I got another plasm I like more, but I'll keep that to myself. You know what I mean? But the Annabelle it lives. Uh, I don't know. We were talking about this before. We don't know where she lives now. We don't know where she wound up. And it's a scary thought. Now, the fact that tried to strangle her friends, is that just people stoned and one person holding the doll's hands and pretending to choke their other friend? Or would you think there's actually something to that one? Um, choke their friends. I don't know. They may have bought into the story of the doll. Because keep in mind, the way this is set up is we're talking 1970s. It sounds like two ladies, two young ladies living together in an apartment, uh, having fun, being young, maybe partying and stuff, you know, maybe experimenting with some drugs and some alcohol and, uh, you know, messing around. This is the 70s. There's some, you know, hallucinogenic fun being had, maybe, um, where you see things that might not be there or, you know, maybe... uh, feel like you can't move because you're in a little hole or some drug or something. Uh, you know, I, a lot could be, uh, a lot could go into the, the possibilities, I think, of these actions. I think it, I agree with you. It could be any one of those actions that could uh, be responsible on one level, but if they also invited a girl into the doll, they could have opened up a portal there, invited an actual entity entity into the doll. And so something is happening. What makes it worse is if they're in an altered state, when they see it, that's, that's going to really blow it out of, that's going to really blow it up. It's going to freak them out even more than it normally would. Sure. I'm with that. Uh, we, we have the doll in the abandoned house. Kerry Walton grew up in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. There was an abandoned house on the street that Kerry and his friends all believed to be haunted. After Kerry grew up and moved away, he decided to visit his hometown and the abandoned house. Hidden underneath the floorboards, he discovered a historic marionette doll. Intrigued, Kerry put the doll in his car and began to drive home. During the drive, he heard the doll cry out, Letta me out, and decided to call it Letta. Um, I'm going to stop real quick and say, if I'm ever driving in a car with a doll, that doll talks, let me out of the car, first of all, me personally, and then doll can get himself out. Uh, it's funny that the doll talked to him and he, the dude like wasn't affected by a fucking doll just talking to him. Uh, after Carrie brought Letta home, people would scream and grow extremely uncomfortable in the presence of the doll. Uh, They started making uh, appearances on television shows, and one cameraman insisted that the doll turned his head to look at him. Carrie still has Letta and has gone on several Australian television shows with what is now considered one of the most evil dolls in existence. Interesting. I 
I kind of agree with you. If I'm driving down the street and a doll t- says, let let me out, I'm going to be holding the door and say, yes, sir. Here you go, sir. Go. Dude, he it, it talked like an Italian. It talked like Mario. Letting me out. You know what I mean? That's how it was done. Yeah, and, and they, they, the psycho, psycho, psychological evaluation for this gentleman as well, sign him up, because... I couldn't even get through the thing without stopping there. It's like, if you hear this thing talk, if you hear a doll talk and you don't stop the car and and honestly look at yourself in the mirror and wonder what the fuck's going on, and, like, if you need to, like, go to the hospital yourself or maybe you fucking just died and you didn't know it, now you're in this weird in-between and reality ain't what it is. But, if yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a doll talks talks back to you. You know, I don't even know if a doll talked to me in a friendly way. I don't even know how I would react to that. Letting me out is it's not quite threatening, but it's like uh, he's only going to say letting me out one or two more times before it starts to get threatening. You know what I mean? That's one of those things that you know. You know, he's eventually, he's not just going to go, oh, well, oh, well, and then, like, go back to bed, you know what I mean? There's going to be an issue there, but, uh... No, that that thing starts uh, talking like that to me. I am pulling over because automatically my defenses go up. I and... can you shooting the doll, yeah. No, not, not really shooting it, but I'm going to start throwing a whole bunch of uh, spiritual things at it that's as far as getting rid of attachments, getting rid of possessions. Uh, I've had to do that with something. Uh, and I've got a, subsequently I've got a book, which actually I can get rid of generational curses, attachment, everything in the world. And I customize it by covering it in leather myself. And that thing I always have around. And yeah, if something pops up. It's kind of like, okay, you don't belong here. I'm going to start do about a half a dozen of these to make sure I get it all covered from every <laughs> every direction to get rid of whatever is there. I hear you on that. But I'm not going to say, oh, that's cool, and take it home and go on TV. Nope, 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 nope. This there needs to be evaluated. And then the only kind of real, again, this is one of those stories where only one person supposedly had to deal with there was a cameraman who supposedly seen the head turn but i mean if you're puppeting this thing or if you have any type of robotics training you could figure something out we're not we're, we're going back to a time where it's not you know it's not the most craziest thing you know what i mean for if you're going if you're going on australian television shows i'm guessing that's like today's shows and stuff like that over there that we're talking about an era where you you being able to put together some type of robotics um, to make that move wouldn't be the craziest thing. And realistically, if you could make a doll robotic, people would and, and make it creepy enough, and then be in your hand or whatever, have a te- or somebody off off stage be able to maneuver it, you'd fake people out. People wouldn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. And lastly for this evening, a uh, very famous one, Robert the Doll. You know what I mean? Uh, in his sailor outfit and his little teddy bear dog killing it. 
Robert the Doll is considered one of the most haunted dolls in the world. In 1904, a a boy named Robert Eugene Otto, rest in peace, received the doll from the family's maid. Right there, tell you, they better be close because uh, maids are, a lot of maids are treated like garbage shit, you know what I mean? So I assume that it it might be one of those, let's fake the gift, but I'm going to give you the curse of fucking the three-day kid curse type deal, you know what I mean? Though usually the gifts that maids are given to their bosses are the, the, you have a kid for three days and it dies type type gifts, not really, you know, positive things. But maybe they had a special relationship. Um, Maybe the uh, maid's son is the stepson, the stepbrother of this child, and the maid's unhappy that her her little boy will never have the good life that this boy has or something, you know what I mean? You never quite know. But Robert, who went by the name Eugene, decided to call the doll Robert. Not long after he got the doll, Eugene told his parents the doll destroyed his other toys and would knock furniture over during the night. Creepy. Um, Ray, if one of your kids when they were younger came to you and said that they had a doll and that they seen it moving or walking around at night, knocking things over, yelling at them, telling them to go to sleep, what would you say to them? What I say to the kids, hmm, not being in the moment, I'm not sure. What would you think? Do you have any idea how you might handle? I'm trying to think, like in my head, I go, it's one of those things. It's weird because you don't want to get creeped out in front of your kid because then all bets are off and they're never going to bed ever. You know what I mean? Um, but you, and a kid, kids are great storytellers as well, so they could be spinning you a yarn, you know what I mean? But it's almost like... Mm, you really gotta take it in. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what 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 I'm thinking about is that what I would probably do is say, "Show me." I take a look at the doll. Um, probably would ask it right there while I'm looking at it, you know, to talk to me or do something. And when it didn't, I'd say, "See, there's nothing there." And then I'd say, "Listen, just to make you comfortable, I'll take the doll out of the room." And put them to bed. Then I go to the other end of the house and I do an exorcism on the doll. And keep it with me to see if it acted up. If there's any hint of anything negative right there, I destroy the doll. But, but that's that's the way I do it. Or if I had to destroy the doll and they said, oh, where's my doll? I'd say, oh, well, you know, it was freaking you out so much. So I decided to simply get rid of it. Let's go buy a new one. True. Yeah, that's the answer I was expecting from you. It's a good answer. And that's what I do, too. That was great, dude. You handled that like a pro. You, you you deactivated the situation. You didn't creep out the kid. You got the doll out of there thinking that it was her choice. You brought it to the other side of the house. You exercised it. If it had to go away forever, you had a nice excuse for why it's not there. Again, for her, you know what I mean? And it's almost her decision for it to go away. She can't get too upset about it. That was beautifully executed. You're a great father, Ray. No, thank you. You're very welcome. Now you got to tell my kids that. Ain't that always the way? Ain't that always the way? Um, So long after he got the doll, and and, you know it was tearing and doing a ruckus in in his bedroom and tearing other dolls' heads off and crashing his toys and uh, you know ripping up his homework, you know making sure his homework wasn't done. 
uh, the, the parents, uh, he became, when Eugene became an adult, he moved out of the house and left Robert behind. Troublesome. Um, today, Robert the Doll lives in Fort East Martello Museum. Rumor has it that the staff routinely receives letters of apology written to Robert by those who acted rude around him when they visited the museum. Interesting. Huh. So, I mean, I do like that little fluff there at the end, how, like, if people go into the museum, they probably mock them. You know what I mean? They leave. They go home. They probably see some things, maybe hear some things. Now, I get goosebumps. I have goosebumps right now just saying that. The... um and then something would have to put it in their head to make them write a letter. Like, I wonder what, I understand the, like, dealing with something and being shook and being like, okay. Um, but I wonder why they would write a letter. Like, me personally, not, like, when I, I would talk to you about it if it happened to me. But, like, before I had Ray, I would, I would talk to, I would just, like, open the line to the whatever I thought it was and be like, look, I got no issue here. Like, there's no need for any bad feelings or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, a joke was a joke. My apologies. If you see something, you know, uh, you know, something like that type deal, but I don't think I'd ever actually write a letter to the museum unless something was to, unless I came home and there was a letter addressed to me on the table that was like, you need to write a letter to the museum. And then I'd definitely write a letter to the museum. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, uh Robert is a famous doll, very famous. Yeah. There have been several paranormal groups that have investigated. Uh, there's lots of legend. The stories about the letters already have existed for quite a while. Yeah. So if you go if you go to that museum and you go there, one of the things you go there to see is Robert. So whether you're someone who says, oh, I don't believe in that, maybe somewhere in you there is something that does, otherwise you wouldn't bother going. But you go there, you say, ah, that doll's not nothing, da 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 You go home, things start going wrong. It could be a spouse. It could be anybody or maybe yourself looking in the mirror. You say, you, you ass. Uh, man, what, what, what the hell can I do? Uh, I'll apologize to the doll. I'll write a letter or whatever. You immediately start associating your misfortune with that doll that you mocked. Yeah. And you want, you want to do something to correct it. So that's when the, that's when the letter goes out because part of you is too afraid to go back and face the doll and say, I'm sorry. Or maybe you can't, you sore it while you're on a trip. But, uh, yeah, no, I can, I can see where someone who would go to a place like that, that has a haunted object, something goes wrong afterwards, they associate it with the haunted object. So they want to get rid of it. So what they figure, okay, I'm sorry. And they write this long, letter about how really sorry they are they didn't mean anything yada yada and they send a letter off and then whatever that little bit of bad luck was that was happening goes away and they go aha must have been the doll maybe maybe not no no disrespect to to robert but maybe maybe it was maybe it wasn't but yeah i can see where people fall into that trap and would want to apologize yeah yeah i can see that too yeah, it's a crazy thing, you know, and there's the, the, the list of dolls goes on and on and on and on and on. And we could do we could do a part two to this episode and maybe one day there will be a part two, ladies and gents. 
Um, but I think right now we captivated enough for part one that we could ever want to deal with. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of close it up here. But yeah, you know, we got a, we, we, we talked about, you know, some scary stuff in there from voodoo dolls, you know, ventriloquist dummies. We didn't really quite get into that much, but I mean, they're, they're so life life like it's ridiculous, you know, the way the jaw talks. I mean, the most realistic dolls I'd probably would have to be saved with the nose. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like that, huh? Oh, the reason I'm laughing is that um, I started having a paranormal experiences, including seeing spirits. Oh, I don't know. I was five, six years old. And it was funny because at one point, um, I, I'm laughing because I'm wondering what would have happened. At one point, I wanted a, a ventriloquist doll. I'm, all, I'm already talking to the dead as a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Yeah, maybe my parents made the right move. They didn't give me one. It, I it's I always wanted them as a kid, even though they were creepy, but they were so expensive. They were like three, four hundred bucks. Oh yeah, and back then that was big money, if not more. Yeah, but there, yeah, there. When it comes to and there's something about those doll, the eyes on those dolls are like what does it? Because you get those high cheekbones and you get those eyes that just stare at you because they're supposed to be just. They're 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 usually they're usually for show, so they got the eyes wide because they're supposed to be you know on stage performing. I think some of them their eyes can even go up and down on it, the eye the eyelids, which is insane. But eyelids, uh, eyes move, yeah, ev- everything in there to make it creepy is there. I can only imagine what a twenty twenty one ventriloquist dummy doll can do facial feature wise. You could probably do everything on that thing moves. It's probably like horrifying, um, but yeah. Yeah, this was definitely a cool episode to get down in. Uh, Journey in the Dolls, you know. Uh, I know we've touched base, got, got a little close to this subject before in the past, but it's such a massive episode that I expect maybe not a follow-up immediately, but definitely expect probably in the future, like a part two to this episode. Uh, maybe even in a, maybe even the next, the next season, you know. We'll see where we put it, but there's so many different stories to talk about haunted dolls that we could write a damn book. You know what I mean, Ray? Maybe we will. You never know. We'll call it Robert the Book. You know what I mean? Very nice. Yeah, but, uh, you, you, uh, we got to make sure to send Robert some royalties. Robert always gets his royalties, or he gets very unhappy and cranky. You know what I mean? You don't want to deal with a cranky Robert, uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, then hell yeah, we enjoyed the fact that you enjoyed this episode. You know what you can do? You can go listen to more episodes just like this wherever you're listening to this show. Hell yeah. Uh, we're up to, I think, 85 episodes total, roughly around there uh, right now. And uh, boom shakalaka. You know, there's a little bit for everybody out there in the paranormal, supernatural, spiritual crypto you name it uh if it's unexplainable or interesting we're probably talking about it and if we're not shoot us a message on the social media and uh we'll definitely talk about it you know we got a lot of cool guests coming your way we're booking them right now uh this past week uh maybe the last two weeks you might not have heard from the gang over mostly ghostly uh, if we, if you ever see us going a little ghost, no pun intended, on on a on the podcast show, no worries. Uh, something probably happened out of our control, and we were unable to get it to you. And 
I wouldn't want to. Me and Ray both talked about it. We don't want it. We re, we release every Wednesday. We don't want to like just sh- throw it on a Friday because we we didn't get to it or whatever. So we'll if we if we if we skip a week or whatever, uh, tune in next week because we'll be back. Don't worry. Um, and if we do plan on taking like a little a break or whatever, if we for whatever reason we can't plan ahead of time to archive some stuff away for you, we'll let you guys know. Um, next up. Uh, Halloween weekend on Halloween day. Uh, everybody check out the Boombastic media. That's our production company that kind of does all the shows that we're involved with. Uh, they're doing their yearly Halloween special. Uh, they, I know they got a lot of really cool guests and they're all a lot of cool people. You know, you'll see both me and Ray there, uh, having fun, candy corn, fistfuls of candy corn. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of good times. Again, check that out on the Boombastic Media YouTube page. Uh, and we also got some mostly ghostly coolness coming to coming your way um, with uh, some YouTube uh, YouTube show wise. Also, we got a cool big guest coming up uh, right after Halloween that we're going to be dropping on your AS. But uh, yeah, stay tuned. If you guys want to hop in and support a little bit, you don't gotta. You'll always get mostly ghostly for free. Uh, but if you want to support, we were we always love you even long timer for support. Go check us out at uh, Boombastic with two O's. Boombastic streaming on Patreon.com. That's where all the cool kids are harvesting up their money from their 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 audience and followers these days. Um, and yeah, just continue to kind of follow the social medias. You know, subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, hit us up, subscribe on YouTube, and just stay uh, stay in tune with us. A lot of cool stuff just gets dropped. We drop a lot of content. The production company drops a lot of content. So much content, it's hard to even keep up with. So if you subscribe to all the things, you'll definitely get everything as soon as it comes out instead of waiting a week to get it whenever we can figure out a time to put it up. I know Ray's the man. Uh, at that stuff, he's a lot better than I am getting it to you the day of. I'm terrible with that stuff. But uh, you want to get a direct subscribe to where you listen and watch. That's the best way. That's all I can do for you folks out there. We love you all out there. Be safe. Uh, if this is the episode before Halloween, have a happy Halloween. Ray, you want to say anything to anybody in closing? No, I was trying to think of uh, something smart to say, but I can't do it. Uh, can't come up with anything. Then again, if you're going down the aisles in the store Christmas shopping and you go into a certain section there, especially if you do your Christmas shopping, sometimes I do in antique stores. Yeah, yeah just make sure when you get down to a certain aisle over there, just give it the old hello, Dolly, and keep moving. That's it. Don't pick anything up. I heard that Ray, this, every every holiday season, Ray does, uh, he offers, a, for a fee, he offers a service of uh, exercising all items you get at secondhand stores before you give them to family and friends for gifts. So if you're looking for him to give you the blessing, hit him up on the social meds. And uh, with that being said, <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Mostly ghostly